Welcome to the Digital Dude and Dudette podcast. Heck I'm David. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm Gietel. Uh Today, uh, we just finished wrapping an episode on SEO budgeting. Uh, myself and Reed did. And Gietel, who's our marketing manager, was in the room. Um, she has a lot of experience with SEO, and she had a couple things that she just felt like we need to get on the mics and talk about this. So Reed had to run to a dentist appointment. I think he's finally getting those fangs installed. Um, and <laughs> we just thought we'd do a quick episode here with Gietel so she can talk through a couple things. So um, if you listen to the rest of this episode, what you're going to get is a quick summary of um, what renters' expectations are when searching and how that applies to SEO, good use cases and bad use cases for SEO. So when should you be purchasing it and when when maybe could you avoid it? And then we do a deep dive into some of the CMSs and how they might impact your SEO or, or limit you or, or not limit you. So keep listening. Yeah. All right, so I'm here with Gidel Selnick, who's our, well, you know what? I don't even remember your new title. What is your title now? <laughs> I'm the marketing manager here. There's SEO in there, though. I was the senior SEO analyst. Okay. And so it's kind of a conglomeration of things at this point. Yeah, so Gidel, uh, is in a startup, everybody ro- wears multiple hats. So she has been running our organic uh, team. So that's SEO, um, that's organic um, social content, and then... She's also been doing all of the marketing for Digible, so I wasn't sure if your titles were combined. It sounds like we've now se- separated them. If you can't tell, titles aren't super big for us here. <laughs> um, so back to uh, though your qualification. So um, I started working with you maybe, was it four years ago? Yeah, four or five years ago. Okay. Um, first, you were actually a vendor for me at Two Octobers, and um, you had been doing SEO for them for a bunch of different stuff. I needed some SEO done for some apartment stuff, um, quickly brought you into the fold there. So in a second, I'm going to ask you about your experience as we just talked about like SEO before versus SEO now with apartments. Um, but the reason we brought you on was because, uh, we just finished wrapping an episode. You were listening, um, cause I guess you're the marketing manager. Yes. (laughs) And, uh, so of course you're listening and, uh, you were like, I have, I'm fired up. I have a couple things to talk about, about SEO. And we just thought let's fire up the mics and get this done. So yeah. Would you talk a little bit about your experience in SEO, like before apartments, then as you've moved into apartments and then we'll get to kind of those gripes that, or things that you wanted to expand on from the episode we just did. Yeah. So David and Reed did a really good job, uh, covering off on some different use cases of SEO or, or different places where you may be focusing on SEO. So previously I worked at different agencies where I would, uh, work with clients in multiple industries, local or e-commerce. And, um, sometimes I would be selling beef jerky online, or sometimes I would be, you know, doing SEO for HVAC companies. So there's really a, a mix of different places that I've been able to kind of dip my toes in. But um, I came into apartments uh, just over a year and a half ago, and it was a little bit of a glimpse into the past because David, as he just mentioned, was working with me four or five years ago on some apartments, but I really got to dive in, and uh, it's been great so far. It's a fun industry, and there's a lot of education, so that's really the fun of my job is to be able to speak with people about it. Yeah, and I would say when... When you joined, I think you were employee number five. I think so, yeah. And now you have 
four people on your team? Yeah. Yeah. So it's almost like you're the same, your team's almost the same size as, or it is, as when you joined the company. Took me a while to rip you away. I think um, I started to contact you in November or December, but you would not, you did not finally take the plunge until like, like March or something. Yeah. Yeah. So it took a while, but I was so glad to, that you agreed to, to join us. And it's been terrific since. So since you joined, we've really pushed you on um, how do we bring SEO from other, from these other categories and apply it to apartments and make it something that will ROI out. And I know that there's been some friction there at different times because of whether it's those, the challenges of CMSs or, or whatever, um, where it's like, okay, in traditional SEO, you guys will spend 10, 20 hours in a month on a, on a site. Right. But in apartments, folks just don't have the budget, right? Like if the, if let's just make it easy numbers, if the going rate for SEO is a hundred bucks an hour. And now in most cases you're used to spending 10, 20 hours. That means that you're spending like thousand, 2000 bucks, right. In a month working on something versus apartments, they can't do that kind of budget. Maybe that kind of budget doesn't even really, it doesn't ROI out. It doesn't make sense. So you've really had to like start from sort of scratch figure out okay what kind of seo i'll say package because we don't like packaging things but for seo it's it's kind of the one that we've that folks need packaged up but what kind of packages can be built that have value for folks and then you can apply it no matter what vendor or cms or whatever they're on okay so that's quick history any comments more to add there no, it's been a fun journey so far, and I'm excited. I feel like I'm on Kimmel. Like, thank you for letting me join you today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wish I had a better joke there, but I don't. So quickly, though, I will say, like, through this process, I feel like we're still developing our SEO program. I think we have something that we're super proud of and that we think um, that we think is valuable for, for people. But it's also not something um, that we feel settled with because I think there's just so much innovation that can be done with SEO in the industry. So you're constantly testing new things. So before we get to your tests, let's quickly go through on the episode we just did. You had a couple things you wanted to talk through. One was you said uh, you were like, you guys didn't hit renter expectations when searching. So I'll give you the floor. Yeah, I I think that there's a lot of questions in this industry about uh, just how to optimize and, and there's expectations of people, especially as they're coming from another industry, as to what they should be doing in terms of their SEO or in terms of just their general website optimizations. So people don't often look or just will overlook completely the renter expectations when people are looking for a website um, for an apartment. So when people are looking for a new home, I constantly will bring it back to the customer journey for a renter. So the customer journey, as David and Reed have been hitting on, is really focused on starting with the ILS. But when you get to the website itself, there's kind of an expectation in their eyes of things that they should be seeing so that they can make the process as seamless as possible to call or to fill out a form. Uh, So with that, a couple of things that come to mind are just making sure that your your phone number is very visible, but also that you have kind of the the normal language on your website. So if you're if your branding is really flowery, make sure that you still have page titles that make sense. So if someone's clicking on a page and it just says discover more, well that's not necessarily the most clear as to what they're going to be getting to on that page. So renter expectations are really just they're seeing the same thing across the board. So if you want to make yourself uh, stick out, try not to go too far from what they're used to seeing 
be a little bit more interesting with some of your um, imagery or some of your other content, but don't go too crazy with uh, changing page titles so that they so that they aren't clear or changing phone numbers or making sure that everything has the place that your competitors are using so that you should also be using as well. Right. So I would, um, we kind of went over this in the last episode, but you, it sounds like you're helping SEO blur the lines with user experience, right? So they may have gotten this great website build from this branding agency. It's super cool. It's slick or whatever, but maybe they've gone too, they've been too creative and it's too slick, if you will. And they're forgetting like, what do people want to know when they come to your site? They're like, I want to see like floor plans. I want to see price and I want to know how to contact you. And a lot of times they kind of make you hunt for that stuff because it's a, it's a buried menu or whatever they want a big flashy video when you enter and they don't want the phone number on the screen but it's like someone coming to your website let them somehow get a hold of you quickly exactly because they're going to be looking for that information and if they don't find it in the first uh, in the first click or two honestly they're they're more likely to leave you so maybe it's really cool that you have five infinity pools but that might not be the most important thing to someone when they're looking for just making sure that they can afford your place yeah. So um, next thing you wanted to gripe about, I mean, we can go into that more, but we're trying to keep this truly a snack size, is uh, good use cases for SEO. So when should you be using it and when not? And in particular with the apartment slant in mind. Yeah. So um, when we're talking about SEO, there's a lot of different buckets underneath it. And that was really covered off pretty nicely with Reed and David in the previous episode. But in terms of use cases that make sense, um, SEO at at the heart of it is really just making sure that you have um, some optimizations to your content so that your quality and quantity of your of your traffic coming in is increased. So with SEO, focus on some optimizations that make sense. So a good use case, an example would be if you are um, a lease up, you definitely need a little bit of work on your branding and you need to make sure that you have a focus on some of those areas that you that you may not have started yet since you are a newer property. So listing management, um, making sure that you're constantly getting new reviews, making sure that your name matches everywhere across the web, um, and just seeing that all of your content is consistent and accurate will ensure a lot of visibility. Um, Another use case that makes a lot of sense is just if you have branding that's confusing. So an example here is we have a couple clients where they are very cute with their name. They have a lot of different apostrophes or they've got hyphens or they've got this, that, and the other. And to be able to clean some of that up, at least for the sake of consistency, will help a lot. Focusing on your on-page content, your listings again, and just making sure that everything matches will do a whole lot for you to um, increase the visibility for your brand. The opposite side of things for when not to use SEO would be if you have an already strong brand. If you've had your building for a long time and your property is in the middle of downtown, you have a ton of great reviews, you may not want to focus your efforts on SEO. You may want to focus on some of those more hard lead channels, as David and Reed were talking about. So focusing on paid media efforts if you want to be able to... um, fill a two-bedroom, for example, or if you have some specific specials where you can do some light SEO, but you may not want to focus as intensely. Um, Sorry, how would you consider a strong brand? Is that more of like a personal feeling or 
is there more to it to say like, I have a strong brand. I don't need as much SEO. Yeah, that's a good question. When I'm talking about strong brand, usually I'm always going back to the reviews that exist on site or on Google, for example, or Bing or Apple maps and just your, your general ranking within your, within your competition. So if you have a lot of competitors that you're able to pull business away from, or that you're constantly showing up in front of other people on maps, then you're more likely to have kind of a quote-unquote strong brand in my opinion right so you're more um speaking about and we didn't get into this yet in 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 an episode but um certainly like you can pay for branded terms on search and sometimes some people believe in that and some don't we we have our own mixed feelings about it and how we use it um certainly we know the ils is a bit on your name and so that can sort of take traffic away from you but next up is as you're talking about like okay if someone searches for your brand is it easy to find and a lot of times that's because you have strong reviews a good amount of review volume and the like and then it sounds like you're also sort of i'm not i'm gonna say not fully committing but you're saying hey if you're showing up decently in searches already then we consider this brand strong we don't need to do more i don't want to I know we did this off the, off the, uh, well, whatever, randomly this episode. So I know you're not prepared with data, but I'd be curious to come back to you at some other time and say like, okay, specifically when, when, what benchmark can we pass to say, Hey, this is worth it. So for example, like in other industries, you may say, um, if 12% of the website traffic is, is organic, that's not super strong. Right. And, but if, 80% 80% is organic, phenomenal. But, you know, maybe that means you now need to like ramp up your paid efforts, right? Because maybe it's over-indexed. In this industry, because site traffic is so small, meaning on average, most sites have like 2,500 visitors a month, it's really easy to throw that percentage off to where you all of a sudden have too much too, or, too much organic or too little organic. So you can't really use those same benchmarks. So um, maybe I'll now flip this into a question. Do you have a, a general sense of when you think, like let's say someone's coming in and auditing their you know, organic site and it's not about UX, it's more about just like performance. Do you have some standard benchmark metrics like time on site, pages viewed, um, percent of traffic, that type of thing that tells you like, this is pretty good, bounce rate? Yeah. Uh, with those kind of metrics, I think that it can be somewhat dependent on the geo. So I'll give that quick caveat. But um, and the the class of property as well. But across the board, what we're seeing typically is if you have more than two, two and a half pages per session, that means that you're really capturing your audience, they're engaged and they're reading multiple pages on your site. Um, keeping also with over two, um, two minutes on site is going to be really helpful to just show that you have something that they're, that they're looking for clearly. Like in my eyes, Google is kind of a, a question and answer forum. You as a user are going to be asking questions and Google's trying to provide you the most relevant answer. Mm. So um, with those kind of metrics, those are more engagement metrics than something like um, session numbers or anything like that. But those are helpful to be able to start measuring. Uh, in terms of something in like a percentage of, of traffic, there's direct and organic. And I think that People oftentimes look at one or the other, but they can go really nicely together. So if your if your organic traffic is taking over your direct traffic, oftentimes I usually see 
between like 50 to 75 or 80% of organic traffic. And then direct traffic can really swing depending on where the property is in its life cycle. Uh, that is mostly common, but there can be a lot of different things at play as well, depending on if you have other campaigns tracking, if you've got paid media on, anything like that. But those are kind of the numbers that I'm used to seeing. Yeah. So um, for bounce rate, I'll just add that. Um, if if we're saying like these analytics metrics to say like I'm doing a, air quotes, good job on SEO or user experience, we can just say like, how do I compare against the competition? Generally speaking, time on site over two minutes, okay, you're you're fine, right? Bounce rate, somewhere between 20 and 60%. That's a huge range. But having a 1% bounce rate is actually not a good thing. We can go into that in another episode. But also if bounce rate's over 60%, then you know something's off too. So if you fall within 20 and 60%, okay, cool, just leave it, leave it be. Okay, Google, I did not actually talk to you. I said cool, so <laughs> shut up. Um... And then finally, like, as you're saying, like, if you're, if most people, if you have an average of above two and a half pages viewed, then you're probably fine. So then it's like, not that you can't improve on the user experience, but it's just stuff, it wouldn't be your first focus, maybe. Right. Um, okay. Well, we'll come back another time to say, like, what are some more qualifications about strong brand, meaning what keywords you're ranking for against competition or whatnot. But I want to keep this snack and quickly get to your third point, which is um, CMSs. And I, I put CMS complaints, but you don't have all complaints. I feel like when I talked to you four years ago, you had a lot of gripes about the CMSs and what could or can be done. But I feel like more recently, I've heard more positivity from you um, when working and, and your team working through these different CMSs. So I don't know if you want to, maybe it's good if you just give a high level thing and then we can sort of dive into some of the more popular ones and you can just give off the cuff. We don't have to do super deep dives or anything, but. Let's start with a general statement about the apartment-specific CMSs. Yeah, it, it's been really interesting to jump into. Uh, with the apartment-specific CMSs, since they are linked to CRMs most often, that's where a lot of the limitations as a vendor come in. So um, with something like WordPress or Squarespace or Wix that a lot of people are used to using as SEOs in other industries, they really don't have a ton of limitations aside from theme capabilities. So if you have a template or a theme, um, you may be somewhat limited in there, but if you've got a good SEO or somebody on hand, a developer or somebody who's able to code, then you can really do all sorts of different things. Within Which is nobody has a developer. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some people do, but frankly, it's like those resources are so hard yeah. to come by and to get so particularly for a single apartment site so oh yeah they're expensive yeah. and it just doesn't make sense and it it makes a lot of sense that there is a tool that connects the two so overall i've i've been really interested in the the progress that's happening in the industry and a lot of changes that all of these cmss are taking to be a little bit more SEO friendly and just a little bit more content friendly. Um, some of them are better than others, as David said. So I think that across the board, people are doing an all right job. They're, they're doing okay. There's definitely room for improvement, but there's a lot of average optimizations that we need to make as a vendor that they are trying to help us um, by offering now. They're giving us more keys. Um, so now if we go into specifics, so what I'm hearing from you is like, Hey, in the past, it was not awesome. In recent years, there's been a lot of great work done by the different CMS vendors to that makes it more doable. 
I, I know that there's still some, I'll say more restrictions than you have, as you're saying, on WordPress, Squarespace, Wix. Um, but for now, more of the, um, you know, industry-specific CMSs, and I'll just give the answer here, but if the, if someone's on one of the newer templates, they tend to have enough tools to work with. If they're still on an old Rent Cafe template or something, maybe there's less they can do. Right. But on the newer stuff, it's pretty good. So yeah. why don't we start there? Um, Rent Cafe websites, you do a lot of those now, just general. I'm just going to go kind of down the line. How do you feel about those? Sure. Yeah, personally, I think that Rent Cafe is the most advanced in the industry for SEO optimizations. And I know that a lot of people, I've heard gripes that there's a lot of um, problems on the content side of things. So I'm just speaking specifically on their SEO dashboard. It's very easy to use and they have really a, a number of different things that I want to use to be able to pick out in a pick list. So um, redirects, meta titles, descriptions, uh, sitemaps, it's really all at my fingertips. So that's the easiest one for us to use on our side. Cool. And now in our little bit of pre-conversation, you said Entrada and RealPage, you're, you're kind of putting in the same bucket. So let's lump those together. Yeah. So um, bringing Rent Cafe in back uh, for a second too, I think that Rent Cafe makes more templatized websites. So you're more likely to see a website and have seen it before. And that's a Rent Cafe site. Entrada and RealPage do a pretty good job at making their branding seem a little bit more different on websites. So different different menus or they've got different buttons or they've just got different layouts than something that people may be used to seeing, um, but in an interesting way. And it's not necessarily affecting the user experience in a bad way, like we were talking about at the beginning of the episode. So um, with the limitations, though, there there are definitely some, I'd say that the the average optimizations that you can do with some, with some tagging and some um, image alt tags, anything like that that you're used to asking your vendor about, they do all right in Entrada and RealPage. They're pretty easy to use, and they can connect pretty easily to tracking and analytics. So those are some of the wins on our side, but redirects can be pretty hard. So oftentimes, this industry doesn't have a ton of redirect issues, but if something is broken, like your schedule a tour button, we want to make sure that we can redirect that quickly to a live page for users. Right, and I think... Um what we've also experienced is depending on the template, again, you might have more options. And so it can get tough with Entrada and RealPage, maybe with some of the image optimization stuff. So like um, alt, alt tags, meta tags specifically to each image and the like, that sometimes those options aren't as available as they are on some of the other platforms. Yeah. So just be aware. Exactly. All right. Now um, let's move into more of the, I'll say, boutique stuff. So um, let's get in, or well, maybe not not quite yet. Uh, why don't we hit on, would you put G5, Ingrain, uh, 365 Connect, are those, are those worthy bucketing together or would you separate any of them? I think that those make sense. Um, we, we have fewer of those websites. So from what we're able to see, we could probably lump Lease Labs in there as well. Um, depending on they're they're a little bit more custom as david was saying so they may feel a little bit different from site to site and they do a pretty good job at the overall feel of the site for a user they're easy to use sometimes they can be a little bit more archaic if they're if they're an older site i've seen that problem come up but um, they're, they're a mixed bag with what you're able to really get. Since they do have a lot of connections with their own agencies, we are less likely to have any keys as an outside vendor to do optimizations. Uh, there's kind of the high level stuff that you can touch like content, but 
we're less likely to be able to touch um, tagging even. It's more of what I've experienced is back in the day, so I'll say four or five years ago, they would not give us access, period. Now, depending on the rep that we're working with, with our client, the rep may give us one level of access where we can make some modifications to like surface level stuff. And then in some cases, if the rep is super friendly with our, with our client, then maybe the rep will give us full access to start making these edits. The problem is though, as an outside vendor, you can't really guarantee that. So if it's G5 ingrain, lease labs, 365, you, it's kind of like how strong is your relationship? Meaning the the marketer's relationship with the vendor to see like, can I sort of put the squeeze on them to let someone else do the work? Um, and then if you're, if not, then I feel like you just need, the marketer needs to be more on top of a G5 or ingrain or whoever about, you know, doing the right SEO work. Right. So that may be where they might use someone like yourself or, or another consultant to quickly do an audit of the site and say, hey, go fix this stuff and have this like pick, you know, pick list, checklist of things that, that they need their, those more specific vendors to get done. But you just have to like, you just have to be more hands-on. Yeah, definitely a good way to put it. Yeah, and then quickly uh, for Jonah and Kraft, do you would you bucket those together? Or do you want to talk about them separately? They're a little bit different, but um, not necessarily. the The feel is very different on the back end, but I think that those those are fine to hit together, just because they're a little bit simple um, on the back end. So for Jonah, for example, there is a lot of great work done that's completely separate of anything in the back end. So their development team, specifically their design team, is great. Um, they, they have a lot of really visually appealing websites and their user experience is pretty good there. But we're really pretty limited in what they can give you. So oftentimes we get a landing page on the SEO side and we can do meta titles and descriptions. Yeah, We're able to do some image alt tagging, but um, it's kind of hard to navigate because in all honesty, it looks like a, like an eighties dentist website Um, (laughs) on the back end. Yeah, exactly. Right. The front end, I feel like I, I think a lot of, they do some really great work, both Jonah and craft, but it's more of like now what's it like for the, you know, more the developer, as you're saying, or the SEO person, like, you know, what do they have to put up with? Exactly. And, and craft is, um, kind of the opposite. It's very modern feeling. It's simple in its own way, but it's very plug and play. So it feels a little bit more like a Squarespace. Actually, I'd say a WordPress website. Um, they're, they're plug-in based as well for craft. And so that's the limitation there as well. If you don't give the proper level of access to the vendor, they're less likely to be able to do anything. So you have to have certain plugins to plug in GTM or GA or to be able to run metadata optimizations or sitemap submissions or anything like that. Yeah, and I think um, one thing you had mentioned to me that can also make it rough is that they use kind of different language. Mm-hmm. So like their back end, like apples to apples, you can't say like, okay, I'm going to have my Rent Cafe folks do this and my craft folks do that. The same thing. You, it, there's some different terminology. Yeah, definitely. And um, it, it's just... If you're using any of these, most of them are pretty consistent with their language, but we have found that craft is a little bit different from if they're calling something on a global level, a page level. It's it's just a little bit confusing from a vendor's perspective. Cool. And then let's cover off quickly with the um, with kind of more of the at large, like WordPress, Squarespace, Wix. There, there's not as many of those, but I feel like 
as time goes on, there's more people experimenting with those non-industry specific sites. So maybe just talk through those real quick. Yeah. Anybody that comes from out of industry is more likely to have some knowledge in WordPress and Squarespace. And like I was saying earlier, there's there's a little bit more room to plug and play. I'd say Squarespace is less, um, less there's a lot of less limitation, or excuse me, there's more limitations with Squarespace than there are with WordPress, just because of their template options as well. So since everything is plug and play, they are limited with within each template, you can only do certain SEO optimizations. So in some templates, you can do everything. And in some, you can really only do some basic metadata optimizations. WordPress, being that it's all plug-in optimized, everything is kind of at your fingertips as long as you don't break your website. Um, some plugins obviously don't play nicely together, but WordPress is very customized. So as long as it's easy for you to use as a as a property manager, as a marketing manager, that's the most important thing. So you may have the most difficulty on the other side trying to manage the website, but it's actually the easiest for developers and SEOs to use. Right. And for the build out, they can sometimes be more expensive because they require more custom development or the integrations can be a problem because you need some sort of vendor that can do your floor plans or pricing or whatever. Otherwise, you're stuck with all these iframes from, you know, your, uh, from your, um, uh, your backend system, whichever you're on. Yeah. Um, and the coding in all of the multifamily CMSs are, it's very, very strong. So the coding, it's really hard to break a website uh, in a multifamily CMS yeah. and it's much easier to on a WordPress site. I've been there. I effed <laughs> up a number of websites in my day. Yeah. Um, you get a cold sweat at 8 PM when you're doing something. <laughs> oh, tell me about many late nights. Um, I've also got one that I don't think you've talked to yet, but I've now had three calls with them. It's it's Zeki. So uh, Zeki is a spinoff, I guess, of, I don't know if it's Razzle is the parent company, but they're also related to Go To My Apartments. I've had two really strong calls with them. Um, super interesting CMS. It feels, it feels more Wix or Squarespace-like, but yet it plugs in to all of the, the apartment software. So you can do your floor plan. It'll do plug into your revenue management system, um, all of that stuff. And it's more quick drag drop, quickly update this, quickly update that. Super slick, very user-friendly. Um, what you would like is I went deep with them on SEO. So like you can do um, all the global stuff that you're used to doing, but then you can go down to each image and add image descriptions and tags and that very easily to anything, even if it's in a, a gallery or a carousel. Like it's all readily available and doesn't, back to your breaking doesn't seem like it's something that you can easily break one other huge huge benefit to them is something i didn't give i didn't tell them this on the phone but i would next time uh they actually break out each floor plan on its own page which mm -hmm. is something that uh, i i can't remember if you and i talked about it but certainly reed and i did like in automotive if you have an automotive website you break out every car on its own page so you have more pages more to optimize you know more of all that stuff in apartments, they don't. They're like, yeah. hey, here's every floor plan I have. Good luck. And they don't let you like typically write about each floor plan, about this particular unit. But Zeki, they actually will break out every unit into its own page. So you can end up having, I don't know, a 100-page website with all these units, and you could get really specific about what, you're, what copy you're using and what you're optimizing there. I think it is really smart. Um, I love that. The, the websites in this industry are really shallow. They're such small sites, so that would really bring a lot of flavor, I think, yeah. into the search engines. And anything that, uh, being that they are so shallow right now, I think that's also why a lot of the, the branded 
kind of play is your own website and then anything non-branded is ILS. Mm -hmm. That could be a really interesting challenge to the ILSs if we start flooding the SERPs with a little bit more information like that. That's it. A really interesting point. It's like um, an ILS will often show up for a floor plan search because if someone's looking for price, location, in particular amenities, it has it's kind of breaks it out in a way that's more readable versus typical sites are like iframed in, so it doesn't help Google and the like. So that's that's a really interesting concept. Something I'd like to you and I can talk about offline and, and maybe run some tests on. Um, not to seem like a Zeki fanboy, we've never done any work with them. <laughs> we are just in two preliminary conversations. It seems super cool. Um, my understanding is they just launched in January of 19, so now it's September of 19. So they're, um, they're still in rapid development. But I am, I don't know, I'm just excited about what, what their future could look like. Um, and it's something that you know I'll keep a close eye on. Um, so any any last words here before we get out of here? No, I think that overall the industry is I, I can feel that there's a there's an overarching interest in SEO and I think that there just needs to be a lot more education around it to make people feel more empowered and more comfortable to talk about it. Um, I remember when we were at AIM this year, just the, the roundtables, there was multiple roundtables at one of the sessions. It was one of the last sessions and there were like paid media or email or anything like that. And the two tables that were stuffed were SEO and SEO 2.0. We decided to like push everybody together. There was 50 of us and we started all arguing about SEO and there's just, there needs to be more of that. So we love these kind of conversations. Yeah. Uh, so cool. Quick couple summary of some of the points we made. Um, Remember, remember your user, you know, why are they coming to your website? Don't get too crazy. They just want to find information quickly. Um, be careful with your name. So special characters like the at sign or apostrophes or pipes. I mean, all of these special characters make it very hard to get correct across uh, for your brand across wherever you go online. So just be careful with your name. And if you can, without, you know, trademark problems of yourself, um, meaning if the building already has an apostrophe in it, try to normalize that uh, where you can and just hopefully you're cool with it. Um, and then if you have a strong brand, you may not need as much SEO. So there's a lot that goes into that. There's certain KPIs like um, if your time on site's over two minutes on average, if your bounce rate is, let's say, cut it in the middle at 40%, and if your average person is viewing two and a half pages, then you're probably fine on most user experience stuff. You could probably put those dollars better elsewhere, all, all other things being equal. But there's more that we'll get into in a future episode about what means a strong brand, like if you're ranking well for yourself and, and things like that. And then finally, um, I not to go too hard on Zeki again, but I love their concept of breaking out each floor plan. I think everybody, no matter what site you have, if possible, you should try to do a page per, per floor plan, if not per unit. Super time-consuming if you were to have to build that out. So I feel like it's going to have to be more of a platform thing and they, they're not going to be the only ones to do it. Um, yeah. I mean, think about it like other industries really quickly too. If you're going to buy sweaters online, for example, you're not just going to want to see sweaters and choose different colors. You're going to want to see the different types of sweaters and um, maybe some are waterproof or maybe some are just fuzzy, whatever it is. Sweater, that's wicked. Waterproof sweaters coming <laughs> your way soon. Um, <laughs> I would definitely have a different page for a waterproof sweater. I, they're, they're a different kind of experience so yeah I, that makes a lot of sense to me and I love that I'm excited to keep digging into it cool all right well thanks for joining us Gidel. thanks for having me Thank you.